Hey guys, good old buddy Lunchbox here. Just a quick little disclaimer before we jump on into the episode. Uh, I was actually supposed to have this bonus episode out at the beginning of October, and I didn't. I failed. Uh, You know, had a life, things going on, full-time job, kids, you know the deal. Uh, But... Again, I do hope that you guys enjoy this episode, uh, you know, getting into maybe some music that you've never heard before or bands that you just need to revisit or, or that you're like just diehards and you totally agree with us. So we hope you enjoy it and, uh, you know, happy Halloween, guys. Now on to the episode. Is it going? All oh, you slashers and survivor girls, uh, welcome to a a bonus bonus episodes straight to the ear holes, and it's enjoyable. Love it. <laughs> the face. <laughs> I was just wondering how long you're gonna ramble for. <laughs> I was trying to say some stuff just so you come back in it, but I am the good buddy lunchbox for all you listeners and. And I'm Meg and trying to re- re- <laughs> regain control of this shit. Wow. Okay. Oh, nice. yeah. So thanks for joining us for this special bonus episode. Uh, it's spooky season. Everyone's favorite season. Um, so in honor of that, we have decided to step off the cinema track for just a minute and talk about some tasty jams that get us in the mood for the spookies. Um this was a lunchbox idea. It sure the hell was. Um, but before we get into it real quick, join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as a movie reel. Um, buy our merch at creepinitreal.redbubble.com or hit the link in the Instagram bio. Um, if you have any movie ideas, the countdown is on um, for our November list um, to get in on the shittiest horror movie you've ever seen list, or what did you what are you affectionately calling it's us? It's the dumpster fire month. Right. So if you have a horror movie that you've seen uh, that we haven't covered yet it, that you absolutely hate um, and think it was a complete waste of celluloid, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. Um, and uh, I think that's all the pertinence. I think it's pretty good. Before I start sounding like Patrick Starr, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Why are you angry? I can't see my forehead. (laughs) No, this is Patrick. Oh, so welcome to the SpongeBob podcast, everybody. Nope. Anyway, so back to the shenanigans. So my idea for this one was uh, all about music. And with this one, I mean, I've... I'm pretty heavy into my own music, and I try to stay up on any and everything uh, when it comes to uh, the tunage. So, for me, whenever it comes down to spooky season uh, with Halloween and everything else, there's a couple of bands that I tend to gravitate towards uh, just to really get me going. They just get you in the mood, right? Uh, Granted, I listen to this type of crap year-round, I mean... But they really give you, like, the warm fuzzies in your tum-tum? Yeah, like, I, I'm, like, I mean, again, we are a horror movie podcast, so literally, all year is engulfed in horror, and then everything else, but 
to get the season kicked off where, you know, I'll throw some music on, start putting up my decorations and make it almost like a Christmas Eve feel. Like usually like around Christmas, it's like, okay, it's, you know, National Lampoon's Family Vacation. It's Christmas the background. Vacation. Family Vacation's a different movie. I like that one too. But then it's, you know, uh, making cookies. We got turkey going. We got, it's just the whole vibe. And that's but something. In this case, yeah. it's, but in this case, it's putting up the skeletons and drinking apple cider and. It's, yeah, just yeah. everything. But the bands that I tend to gravitate towards or we gravitate towards when this time of year kind of starts to roll around so these are our i guess top five in no particular order of just it's just the list kind of spooky type bands like yeah yeah i'm gonna preface mine with saying that i literally have nothing that gets me in the mood for halloween um in terms of music it's stuff i listen to anyway um but the ones i chose were based solely on the subject matter that they typically deal with um it's either dark or broody or they deal directly with horror elements, or they deal with sort of more macabre, yeah. darker type things. Um, because I don't, ha- I don't personally listen to anything that I could point to to go that puts me in the mood for Halloween. The stuff I listen to puts me in a good mood, like full stop. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, unlike my stuff where I'm listening, it puts me in a real bad mood. listening to things like the Litter Box Massacre or <laughs> it's like just the, the, if it sounds like a bad day at a slaughterhouse, it's a good day for Lunchbox, I tell you that much. Like That's great. Just, just kick, double kick pedals and just, it's going to town. So yes, um, now I want to actually start off with our... Honorable mentions. Okay. So, uh, if you would like to kick yours off, then I'll, I'll do mine. Then we'll get into this list real quick. So it's a sixer. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. it's a it's a full bo- hockey team. It's a bogo bonus. Full hockey lineup. All right. So my honorable mention I mentioned because they started out kind of spooky, dealing with sort of horror themes, but they, in the years since, have really gotten away from it. Um, I can really only point to their first two albums um, as being sort of that sort of um, guy liner post hardcore kind of metalcore deal. Like the type of guys that are supposed to just go to Hot Topic just to buy the skinny jeans? Well, specifically, their lead singer at the time managed a Hot Topic when they were getting going. So, oh, I um, never knew that's awesome. Yeah, so my honorable mention is Atreyu. Um, Specifically their first two albums, once we get into um, A Death Grip on Yesterday, they start moving far away from Vampires and Guyliner. And their new album rips. It really does. So good. Uh, I'm sad that Alex has left the band, but Brandon's come out from behind the drum kit. They hired a new drummer. um, Yeah, I'm not sad Every (laughs) Every single song on the album is under three minutes long. Oh, it's so good. It's so short. Um, yeah, but a death grip on yesterday was basically like Alex Rakatsis's um, addiction story kind of thing. But prior to that, we have the Curse, which is literally a vampire album. Yeah, that's that's um, the one that I gravitated towards. The too. the intro song is called Blood Children, mm-hmm. and then um, everybody, I think most people have heard Bleeding Mascara and Right Side of the Bed. Um, but there's also the Crimson, Demonology and Heartache, uh, Five Vicodin and Chase with a Shot of Clarity. Um, it's all vampire and dark 
and clearly like they read a lot of Anne Rice when they were writing that album. Um, and then the first album that was put out, Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses, um, they had A Vampire's Lament, Lip Gloss and Black. Again, dealing with a lot of those sort of spooky, blood drippy vampire themes. A lot of blood. It was a lot of blood, yeah. And a lot of that sort of vampire horror imagery. Uh, it's a shame they... On one hand, I'm glad they ditched it because it was... That's something you can't really stretch out for too long. Um, but they have stylistically grown so much and they've moved so far from those two albums that like they're almost not even the same band anymore. Yeah. And and I enjoy that they that they did move out of that because when you start to lock in as that kind of band, it Oof. you don't really have a whole lot to go off. I mean, one band that uh, I think I mentioned to you before uh, was uh, the band Aiden, and they were very horror-driven, and they tried to get out of that, but nope. they were already too far in. Um, so it's like more of that. It's like you should just stay in that lane and just keep it going. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I really do like it. Um, I, I like their new stuff almost a little bit more in some cases because of um, it's a little more grounded in reality. But... Once upon a time, Atreya was a vampire rock band. Yeah. So, just a reminder to all of you okay. former metalcore scene kids that that used to be a thing. Yeah, give it. What's your honorable mention? So, my honorable mention uh, is going to be a little surprising, just because you know it. Um, it's when it's like, Craig, why isn't this your number one? I don't understand. It's Huey Lewis in the news. There's nothing spookier than Huey. But he wanted a new drug. Did he get it? I don't know, but it made him hip to be square. <laughs> Psych. Even though oh, I'm all about the Huey. Come on! Anyways, uh, my Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> Their earlier stuff was... Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You're getting me off track here. What? Off... It was American Psycho. What do you want? So, my honorable mention is Ghost. And... That... How, though? Because they are very directly, like, toying with... Satan and dark angels and uh, not that kind of imagery. Toying with it is in it. Like that is the whole thing. It blows my mind how mainstream Ghost is. It blows when, my mind to have your mom sing along to it. <laughs> she didn't know what she was like. I your had mom her, singing along I, to was, was it? it was Square Hammer. Oh, it was a Square it Hammer. Was square Hammer and like she was like going along to it. And I was like. It's literally talking about Satan. And this, and this, my mom is a and Christian not, woman. And not just talking about Satan. It's talking about, like, getting on your knees and and committing yourself to him. Yeah. So, Ghost, the reason that I I, I enjoy listening to, to them as far as, like, when it comes down to the spooky season is mainly because of just how eerie and old school and just... It, it gives off that haunting vibe, almost like watching an old like Hammer movie, and it's just it kind of gives off that. It's just the feeling of walking through a dark castle and just you know fog is everywhere and spider webs and just evil priests and all, all that good stuff. But like I mean, uh, I think my favorite song uh, from or a couple songs from them. Is from uh, I'm not even gonna try to pretend pronounce it infestizium. 
infestium. I believe. Sure. Is, I believe is how you say it. Sure. Um, I believe it is their second mainstream out al- or second album that they released. But uh, Secular Haze is absolutely beautiful, and just that old school organ is just fantastic. And then also uh, the um, Monstrance Clock. It was again same thing. It, this album really played with that '70s vibe, um, but it had that kind of that churchy old school thing. And also, Ghost is amazing just because of the stage presence that Papa gives off, and then just they take you to church. Yeah, literally, and you're in the church of Satan. You're like you're praising the name of Satan, and it's like I love. That whenever they go to those big festivals and stuff, and they got these people just, he's like, they're in it. Like, you, you can't get away from it. Um, and that it, it's just an awesome vibe. And now it's like, as they're starting to kind of get into that more popular mainstream, their production value and everything is starting to kind of build up. Um, we're soon to be getting a, a they've uh, released or, or shown off the new Papa, which is amazing. That that you know we're finally getting back into the Papa eras, but to the Cardinal. Is, yeah, I mean the Cardinal was cool, but it just didn't have that same copiness to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like like I really like my Papa Emeritus, and it's like I know it's the same guy, and that's another thing is the gimmick. There's nothing better than the gimmick that they give off. There's no other band that's doing that, and that is really really cool. I know there's a lot of like. You know, background stuff with uh, you know Tobias and the rest of the you know some of the old band members, but you know what? The gimmick is awesome. I love that they are they have made a whole story, but it's you know it, it still rocks with all the music and everything, and the production and everything is it, it's good. I didn't like them when I first heard them. I kind of had like a Carrie King vibe to it, where I was just like. What is this shit? And then the more I listened to it, I was like, oh, "They gotcha." It's really good. Like, so I'm all about this. Ghost. Shit slaps. It's good. <laughs> it don't it don't slap. It it makes you just want to ballroom dance. Like it's yeah, like it's very sweet. It's Love very it. soothing. Love it. Um. So, so moving into ghost. our actual list. Yeah. Let's move into this. Um. My first pick. They only put out one album. That's it. One. In two thousand. Uh, if any of you have had a goth phase. Um, or we're into goth industrial music or what have you, you may have heard of this band, or if you're a really big fan of the movie Valentine, I'm pretty sure you've heard this band. Uh, My pick is Snake River Conspiracy. They're fucking weird. Uh, (laughs) But um, they also had two covers on that album. They did a cover of The Cure's Love Song and a cover of The Smiths' How Soon Is Now, which literally every band did in the early 2000s, pretty much, it seems like, anyway. They did their own version of that. Um, it was, uh, the band was conceived by one of the guys who left Third Eye Blind, of all things. Um, I forget his name. But the album's called Sonic Jihad, <laughs> and it literally was just a button-pushing album. But they do cover a lot of dark topics um breed is a little bit about um that was the one that was on the valentine soundtrack 
that one's a little bit of like it deals with some taboos um we'll just leave it as that there's other songs on there um a song called strangled a song called vulcan um so they they were trying to go out of their way to be button pushers um i found out about them in one of and i think it was gothic beauty magazine here come the judgments uh it was uh oh you know what? i don't care i'm, I'm proud of my goth phase I, i'm still kind of in it I'm, yeah, I'm bit. still in my new metal phase. Like, I mean, anytime you're not wearing can, ball bearings around your neck anymore. Not anymore, fine. but no, but it's still. It's like I'm not ashamed of it. No, like, I've been yeah. I've been known to rock lace wristlets and black lipstick occasionally, so it's fine. Um, but I really like. I actually thoroughly enjoy the band. Um, if you were into sort of that electronic industrial type of thing, um, and some really off the wall lyrics about some really taboo shit. Uh, they might be up your alley, but they only put out the one album, so that's kind of disappointment. There was never, shame. Like, there was never a follow up. No. Um. So Sonic Jihad was it, but uh, they're towards the bottom of my list. But they give off a good spooky vibe. You want to know another band that I feel is a very big shame that they never made another album? Four Non Blondes. What is going on there? Fucking amazing album. I've always heard that song, you know, just from my skating rink days. Yeah, the and whole album is. Yeah, good. now it's. I listened to the album uh, like recently, and I was just like, "This is, this is killer! Well, like, that's it's why, so good." That's why Linda Perry is writing songs for other people now. Oh, it's so good. Like I, I kind of wish Four Non Blondes would have still did a that thing. Song. Yeah. All right. So back to the spooking. Um, for me, I am going to kick this one off with the band that inspired me to Uh-oh. name our show. Mm. We're going to kick this thing off with the Necromantic. Yeah, they're a psychobilly band, right? Yep. And I, there is a lot of psych, uh, horror psychobilly stuff. I mean, you have uh, Coffin Cats, you got Horror Pops, uh, Zombie Ghost really Train. Like, I really liked the Horror yeah, Pops. Uh, yeah, Tiger Army is another good, uh, great one. That, mm, you know, I remember play- them. They, they played a little bit more of like an AFI psychobilly vibe, but they, they still kind of toyed around with that stuff. But Necromantic is uh, fronted by Kim Necroman, and he's the only like constant member of the group, and he has the most kick-ass stand-up bass I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the coffin bass, the yeah. The coffin bass with a big cross right on top. Like, that thing is so dope like it's so good i love it so but they not only that it's like every single album they play with those horror and spooky themes um and as i mentioned uh, like there was a time where i was just had it on you brought up you know starting up the podcast with me we're trying to bat around some ideas of what we want to do and all of a sudden the song creeping it real popped up and I was like hey beauty let's do that but let's you know change it over to, to the like a movie reel and lo and behold that's the birth of our song is from creeping it real and still I have it on my main playlist and I listen to it all the time like it's a killer song yeah that one's pretty good yeah. um, highly recommend yeah. it's actually necromantic psychobilly is an acquired taste but it's actually tons of fun yeah, I mean, so. they are really upbeat. I mean, another one that's, like, really fun is uh, Who Killed the Cheerleader. 
it's really it's kind of dark but it's just like it's like who killed the cheerleader and it's like you did you did oh no it wasn't me it's like it's people accusing somebody is that sort of like who took the cookie from the cookie jar that's kind of what it not me then who (laughs) and it's like talking about how it's like oh she was ready to go and she was ready to be it's like Wait, so did you do it or did you not do it? It's just this whole back Does and forth. Does it get wrapped up at the end? No. No. It's no? Just like, okay. It's there is no resolution. But then, I mean, you got like, you know, Curse of the Coffin, Devil Smile, Horny in a Hearse. I mean, it's just, it goes on. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so, I mean. Is ca- Horny in a Hearse about necrophilia? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Like, it's. Um, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they have, like, uh, a lot of their albums, like, um, Return of the Loving Dead, uh, Curse of the Coffin, uh, Grave. I mean, like, it's all amazing, spooky, spooky stuff. So, Necromantics, get it going. Awesome. So, my next one. <laughs> Let's keep digging around my goth phase. Uh, I'm noticing there's a huge, there's a bit of a... Um, pattern here my next one's mindless self-indulgence <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i just feel like i just need to do drugs every single time <laughs> so msi first of all is tons of fucking fun again it's playing with a little bit of that like industrial dark rock kind of thing um and when you have uh your lead singer's name your lead singer goes by jimmy urine you got a real winner in your hands. There's so much drugs going on right many, now. Many, 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 many drugs. Many uh, drugs after that. But, 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 all of those drugs get, gave us songs like Bitches, uh, I Hate Jimmy Page, um, let's see, Planet of the Apes, uh, Step Up Ghetto Blaster. Let's see, I'm trying to find some of my favorite ones here. Uh, two Hookers and an Eight Ball. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Two, two hookers on an eight-ball bitch. <laughs> yep. Um, so they're really good. Again, they it's mostly for the vibe that they give off. It's that really... It's not spooky. It's a little bit dark, but it's super fucking weird. Um, it gives you more of that eerie creep feeling than that, like, dark, spooky Yeah, I'm, I was trying to think of, like, a movie that it would kind of associate with, and... It's frenetic music, too, so it's, like, it's super high energy, it, like, comes in, punches you real fast, comes out, it's literally like being high on cocaine for the entire length of Yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's... I was trying to think of, like, of what it would be like, and... Some of, like, Rob Zombie's, like, movies and things like that, uh, the more, like, high-energy scenes, like, uh, from House of the Thousand Corpses would be a good one, just because of that, it, it just that jerkiness and just that high-energy once those intense scenes kind of pop up. But, yeah, MSI, there's a lot in there that I could I could see being a really good spooky Yeah, game. I mean, they, they touch on, again, more of the taboo things. You can kind of fucking around with you know drugs and it's a sex drugs dead people kind of thing that they do um but it also comes gives us uh songs like dicks are my friends so that's tons of fun also a 30 song album that's under an hour long 
Frankenstein Girls Will Seem Strangely Sexy. It's uh, 30 tracks, and it's under an hour. This shit moves fast. Like I said, it's frenetic. It is an upper. You're on speed the whole time. Um, But uh, it's tons of fucking fun. Highly recommend it. It's super bouncy. Um, It's really, really weird. And there's definitely going to be moments where you're going to giggle at something and then go, (laughs) I need Jesus. It, It just hit me what it reminded me of it was it reminds me a lot of invader zim because it came around that kind of that same time frame and i remember when i used to work at hot topic i know i made the we talked about it earlier with treyu but like that was something where i remember working at hot topic and seeing a lot of msi a lot of invader zim and so yeah that i could see where there's a pretty good tie-in with with stuff like that yeah, it's uh, it's super fun. It's super fucking weird. Um, but if you like your Halloween on the weird side, I think MSI is a good mood setter for that. Um, I was just scrolling through my uh, my thing real quick, my Apple Music, and I totally just scanned past Motionless and White, and I was like, "What the fuck did I drop the ball for?" I told you about them. I, I know. Said that. I know. <laughs> I just scrolled past it, and I was like, well, I didn't put them on my list. I so, so as a real quick second honorable mention, uh, Motionless and White, if you're into sort of like gothy new metal, uh, that'll do her. Yeah. Moving on. Your turn. Uh, I will say this about Motionless and White. I have stated them to be a very important band for this day, for this era because they like to mess around with a bunch of different types of genres of music uh, or like metal music and they do it very well i mean you can get stuff from like the orgy era and corn and then you get straight like death metal and then you can get like uh, i mean they have a song with danny filth and you know it's it it's really good so i'm all about some motionless, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't put them on. <laughs> I, me too, because lately I've I've had, I don't want to say low key crush, but I've had a really hard crush on Chris, their yeah, lead singer lately. He's a, he's a hunk. He's not a hunk. That's not the word I would use <laughs> to describe him. He's actually kind of weird looking, but he's got that like swaggery energy that you get from guys like Adam Driver and like that kind of thing where it's like boy they're real weird looking and then you spend enough time you're kind of like nope totally would have their babies not sure what happened there yeah you want to know uh who else is a a major hunk super like cover of gq who we're gonna go with the neck himself corpse grinder from cannibal corpse the thumb man and that's my next pick is Cannibal Corpse. So, uh, you know, the classic, just everyday listening, just straight to your face, death metal. Like, it's, they're the godfathers. I know it's like, death is, you know, the band that everyone says that, you know, stated it, but it's like, for everything going mainstream death metal, it's got to be Cannibal. So, and I... (laughs) For the longest time, like, going through my new metal and just that kind of phase during high school, I hated Cannibal Corpse. I hated death metal. I was like, I can't... It's not new metal. I can't stand the just 
the vocals and everything else. And I remember me and my buddy uh, went to Sounds of the Underground, and I remember we got there and we stood uh, stood towards the back, and Cannibal came on, and they just went through, and all of a sudden, like they were like, "Okay, we're gonna get through our last song." We're like, "That was more than one song!" Like I, they just kept just hit at just boom, 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 just because it was at a a, sh- a short festival, so they don't have like the time frame that they you know usually do. But now listening to it, these guys are incredibly technical, and Alex Webster is probably one of my all-time favorite bass players because if you actually sit down and listen to him talk, there is a structure to the songs. Like they really sit and think these things out, and on top of that, Alex Webster, he, like he plays just as fast as the guitar players. Like it's incredible so i mean it's like super tight i know some people may kind of waver like you know from the death metal community but yeah i mean come on like it's that they've been going on for so many years i mean what's like almost pushing what 40 plus years or something like that like like they're within the 30 Uh, 40 range late 80s yeah i mean they're from the late 80s and then going and, and they're still going i mean they just came out with um, Violence Unhinged, and that album is that was just in the last couple months. It's hasn't so it? good, yeah. Um, and I mean, they got uh, it's just album after album, and it's like if I had to pick, it, it's so hard to sit there and go, okay, what songs are gonna you know do I pick to kind of get me in the mood for Spooky Season? All of them, like they are, it's all a, a complete horror movie. Like that, that is the way that they write all of their music. So, I mean, it, from, uh, I think one of my favorite songs is Frantic Disembowelment, uh, just because of how insanely fast and just chaotic that it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hammer Smash Face, uh, Code of the Slashers, uh, Evisceration Plague. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not particularly fond of the title, but Strip Rage and Strangled, Ugh, that, that one's uh, pretty rough, but that was from their from the early days and then also make them suffer like i mean everything is just straight up let's hit the pit and have a good time get some anger in there oh yeah so i mean i'm all about me some cannibal corpse nice yep uh so continuing on with my theme uh, i promise after this we will come out of my goth phase (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) no promises uh i this if you like more of like the it's, again, it's a little industrial, um, but it's dark wave and electronic, um, which is not usually my bag. Oh, but man, that's, that's a nice little change up. Yeah. Uh, well, the industrial theme's been running through it. However, I love, I've love i loved this group for probably since I graduated high school. So we're going on 18 years now, maybe longer than that. Um, yeah, if you're into industrial electronica or like dark wave music, uh, Collide. So hopefully I'm um, introducing some of our listeners to some new stuff. They've been around, they've been together since the late 80s, but they didn't start putting out albums in any real capacity until the mid 90s. Um, One of my favorite albums they did was Chasing the Ghost. It came out in 2000. Um, It's got songs like, uh, they did a really amazing cover of White Rabbit. Um, If you like the Jefferson Starship song um, that's in there. 
they deal with um in terms of like it's all about the mood it's not necessarily the subject matter like it's got that dark spooky mood thing to it there's a um i'm trying to find the song here um there's a song called crushed that they did um it's on the vortex remix album and it has this really creepy maniacal giggle at the beginning of it and then it breaks into this really slow percussion beat and it's a little bit sleepy um corinne the singer her voice is amazing and it's soothing she's not an acrobatic vocalist at all like you're not going to hear her like run up and down um scales or anything like that she's very even keel she's very like um like she doesn't have that kind of range but it's so soothing and it's so smooth almost like a female chino i can see that from, yeah from deftones yeah um the girl version of that like there's not really a huge range you're never but unlike chino you're never gonna hear her scream um i i i've been in love with this group for ever um they did this amazing um covers album back in 2009 called these eyes before and if you want to have like a mood of like a dark sort of broody type of mood their version of knights in white satin is gorgeous um they also have a version of space david bowie's space oddity and um pink floyd's comfortably numb that are amazing again it's that sort of that is the spooky that they bring and um she's just got that it's almost borderline childlike so it adds that little bit of creep to it yeah um but you can feel it like her you can feel corinne's voice like running up and down your spine it's incredible um so if you're into that sort of thing definitely check it out if you're curious about it definitely look at it i've been telling people about this group forever um and they're usually like who because <laughs> if you're not in the electronic or rave or dark wave or gothy type of scene again this is another group i found out about because corinne was on the cover of gothic beauty magazine in the early 2000s i think it was when some kind of strange came out yeah in 2003 so um that's how i discovered them i actually found out about a lot of really cool bands from that stupid magazine i don't think it's around anymore no that's something that i do miss um just rummaging through is I, I I remember those days when I would just run into like an FYE or Best Buy when they were just wall to wall music and you could just go through and just pick through and find something that you would like and also like whenever you see the album where it's like for fans of and you go okay well I like this guy so let me go well, do that. that but also in magazines like gothic beauty or ap or kerrang or whatever yeah a lot of those would have the compilation discs that you could get that were really good for finding out those sorts of things but also um just the articles like i found out reading revolvers uh hottest women in rock issues i found out about a lot of bands um that way uh, lacuna coil in this moment yeah um and i also like uh, looking at like the uh the reviews in the back um just because that was where you were getting like okay every you know new release okay so we're gonna review all this and it's like oh well this guy got you know four stars 
Let me check it out. Wow, he did not deserve four stars. Yeah. <laughs> that type Clearly, of thing. they know something I don't. Yeah, but that was another thing, too, is, like, working at Hot Topic, you had, you could get the compilation albums there, and that's where I found a lot of stuff. Uh, the Warp Tour one was amazing for finding new music, so. Yeah, um, I, I bought that, D, I bought the two, Warp Tour 2003 DVD, and that's how I found out about a lot of bands that, I hadn't like it, it got me. I was already into pop punk, and then it kind of pushed yeah. me in a little deeper. Ozfest was like that too. They had a, a really good one, and yep. I, I missed it. They need to do another Ozfest. Come on. So yeah, um, definitely check out Collide if you love that just low key spooky kind of thing. Um, it's a good vibe. It's a really good vibe, uh, and they're a little bit dark, a little bit sexy. Um, so definitely check them out. I highly recommend. Um, they might get you in the mood for Halloween, or they might get you in the mood to get laid. Hey. Or both. Hey. <laughs> so jump on that. What's your next one? All right. So you have been pretty much industrial, right? Yeah. I have went from psychability to straight death metal. Mm. Now, I'm going to go into rap. So Okay. Now, I'm going to say this straight up. I am not a juggalo. Oh, sweet I, Jesus. I do not associate myself with the juggalo. I work with one. Yeah. However, there are some that I have met, and they're, they're great people. It's fine. Not all of them are going to be trashy, terrible, terrible people that smell. So, saying that, I am a big fan of the psychopathic... Like the family, the family, like, yeah, just that. Like, they are incredible rappers and musicians. They talk about some ridiculous shit. Bugs on my nuts. But they're telling a story about bugs on their nuts. It's a story, <laughs> and if you all, if that's all you pull out of that one, like, <laughs> like stuff like uh, Hocus Pocus, or uh, I mean, like from ICP. Like, I mean, there's there's t- so many of them. However. That's not the group that I'm talking about. Mm. My pick is Twisted. Twisted, I feel, has probably some of the best skill and best songs that came out of that, like, the psychopathic uh, era. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, just two guys just going to town. But, it, like, they brought out that really spooky and eerie vibe. Um, and... It was just. They one just of, did a song with Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, and it's awesome. Their new album, you would like, and I guarantee it. They they kind of go huh. more rock and more uh, more like heavier like metal than they you know have gone in a long time. That song with Spencer is just a taste of what you're. Gonna, Envy is a good song. You could listen to it. And you're like, holy shit! I like Twisted now. That's <laughs> how that's gonna go. You're gonna be like, Craig, I like Twisted now. This is my life. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> this is where we are. So, but my thing is that these guys, uh, it's just incredible skill work. And, I mean, they have so many albums. Uh, but I actually kind of find myself to kind of lean more towards the stuff that Twisted did when they left Psychopathic to start their own label with uh, Magic Ninja. And... That was, I mean, when you got, uh, it, like, it's, it's Madrox and Monoxide, the, those are the two guys. 
they are they kind of kept in with their same the the same theme that they had with psychopathic they just kind of did their own thing but i you could kind of tell that once they left they kind of got their freedom mm. and you could see where there's a little bit more of a they did a song with Danny Filth. Yes, I, they sure did, and I was just about to get into it. And with From Ashes to New. Yep, I'm telling you, the album like you're gonna listen to it after we get done, All and right, you're gonna, I'm gonna be add able, it to my playlist. Yeah, the the Danny Filth one is a little little tricky, but it's it's there. Um, but the album that I really dig is the first one that they did once they got out of it. It's called The Darkness, and. That one plays a lot with that really spooky vibe. Uh, they have a song called In Hell, where it talks about both of them having their Oh my god, they soul. put out music all the fucking time. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's like now that they have their own little label. They put out label, three albums last year and yes. two so far this year. That's what I'm saying. Like They just continue to pump shit out. It's incredible. And that's where it's like... Having that freedom of their own label allows them to just I mean, it makes sense. spew some stuff, and and it's all like good quality stuff. If you're, I mean, some of the the more hardcore like Juggalos and stuff, a little bit more critical of that stuff. But mm-hmm. for me, that's just listening to just them create stuff. It's like it's good. I mean, it's a lot to get through, but it's good. But I mean, like uh, uh, you have that song like in hell. Where it's the two of them, where they're talking about having their, it's like a split personality, but like one side of them is in hell and they're trying to get it out of hell, but they don't want to leave. And it's, it's really, it's really weird. But my favorite song off that album is Boogeyman because it really plays with a lot of the horror elements where they're just like talking about mosh pits with zombies and uh, you know, <laughs> dunking heads through <laughs> through a backboard, like uh, dancing with with ch- uh, with dead chicks, and it's just uh, oh, like one of the lines in there is Charles Lee Ray can't stop me, and it's just like yes, like, that's, that's perfect. But they do a lot of that. I mean, and they brought on guys like um, uh, Blaze Your Dead Homie and uh, Boondocks. Like both of those guys, they also play a lot with the horror elements, and I, I enjoy listening to their stuff. But Twisted, like it's just the skill level is just top notch, and I like that they do bring a lot of the horror elements to it. So nice. it's good, good stuff. Awesome. Yep. So my next one, getting away from my high school years a little bit. Uh, my next one is a fairly new band. It's Spirit Box. I'm yes. Con- yes. I'm convinced Courtney LaPlante is a witch, uh, and I'm down with it. I'm here uh, for it every single day. I had a client last year tell me about them. They very quickly became his favorite band, and um, which I thought was strange because a couple of them used to be in I Wrestled the Bear once. Um. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm sorry. I can't even speak into words of how good. It is. Yeah. And uh, they, I'm a huge fan of Spirit Box. Yeah. They are mostly just putting out random singles now. Um, they just dropped a new album. The album dropped? Yep. The they album, just put the single out. Nope. The album just dropped. Okay, cool. Yep. So anyway, um, yeah, they, their first album dropped in 2017, um, and it 
they've mostly just been doing like EPs and those sorts of things. Um, they have the three-part Mara Effect uh, series. They dropped last year. They dropped Blessed Be, which is amazing. It's probably one of my favorite songs from them, um, just because it's so fucking relatable. Uh, yeah, the uh, the album's called uh, Eternal Blue, and it just came out on uh, sep- well, it came out September seventeenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, I only have the first single from that one. Yeah, but you. a lot of those singles that you're talking about are in this album. Okay. Yeah. Well, earlier this year they dropped Constance, which uh, is actually incredibly sad. Again, it's kind of a mood thing, but it's about a family member who was struggling with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Oh, it was a, it was her grandmother. Yeah. Like, so she did it for her grandmother. Yeah. Uh, but then they have um, songs like Holy Roller, which oh, are so good. So good. I... I like, they just have these fun little weird breakdowns and the mixes they put in, the way they layer their instruments. Some of these songs, their bass player is the balls, man. Oh, he's like, amazing. Some they'll, they'll open with, like, wicked bass lines, and it's, it just hooks you immediately. Doom, 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 like, doom, you doom, can doom, feel doom, them, doom, doom. But, they, but they're so deep, and the, the way that the bass is mixed, it hits you, like, in your stomach. Yeah. You can feel it inside your body. Um, God, I just want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the into body instead. Holy roller. <laughs> um, the, but the song that they dropped from the new album, which I am currently adding to my library as we speak. Oh, the album is fucking amazing. But the first song that they dropped was Hurt You. And it was... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the most recent one. The first one they dropped from the album was Constance. Um, but the... The song "Hurt You" is is really really good, but the she plays. According to the plant, I think is the one who does most of the lyrics. She plays a lot with some really witchy imagery. Um, a lot of birds, a lot of um, martyring yourself and uh, hurting yourself. Like the Mara effect is like this crazy roller coaster relationship ride when you listen to all three parts. And uh, it's real heartbreaker at the end, but the the overall tone of the music again, it's that kind of dark, a little bit brooding. It's super introspective. It makes you think about a like it just makes you think yeah. in general. Uh, so thank you, Bruce, for yeah. that recommendation. <laughs> but, but that that was one thing where because I have been a big fan of I wrestled a bear once. And that still when, blows my mind that they were I wrestled bear once. Yeah, and then when uh, when she they came out with the first Spirit Box album, I didn't it, the the voice I recognized, but I didn't know it was her mm. because I wrestled a bear once is that party kind of grindcore metalcore uh, silliness. I mean, with a name like I wrestled a bear once with no spaces in it. How could it be? I mean, you're going to get that band. Oh, no. You knew what you were looking at. <laughs> yeah. Cartoon monsters and all. Oh, yeah. Like, it was it was all there. But when Spirit Box came out, it was like she took everything that they did with I Wrestled a Bear once and made it in a, an adult version of it. Like, mm-hmm. so it was very, it's very beautiful, but there's still, like, her voice and the scream is just... It's perfect. So good. Like it's, it, it's controlled. Yeah. And I love watching like the live uh like videos of her like doing the recordings. And she like, she'll start up the videos like, all right, we're gonna do some singing and then some screaming. <laughs> and then some more singing. 
possibly some more screaming. Like, and then she just gets right into it. So she's got a, still got that great personality, but like she is on point and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, another band that I love listening to is uh, Ginger. Their, kind of thing, yeah. their new album is incredible. And I love that there are women out there that can bring the brutal and then also just bring in just this elegant, beautiful voice. And it's it, it knocks the shit out of any pop star today. I will fight on that hill a hundred times. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, oh Courtney LaPlante's voice, I mean, and her husband's in the band too. So I think they're songwriting partners as yeah. well as husband and wife. But like, her voice has this, when she's singing, has this sweetness and sadness to it. Yeah. It locks you in. And it just wraps around your entire body. Um, again, it's a whole feeling. It's like a Snuggie. No, it's not like <laughs> a Snuggie, you fucking weirdo. Uh, no, but like... I was going to... Okay. I'm sorry, must joke. <laughs> I'm upset now. Like a fucking Snuggie? What is the matter with you? Here I am trying to inject some feeling into this stupid podcast, and you're like, Snuggie, yay! Anyway. Uh, but they're supposed... They're going to be playing at um, Welcome to Rockville in november hopefully if it doesn't get canceled to which i am probably definitely going to get tickets because i'm dying to see them live yeah i would love to go see a live show too however i'm gonna hold out for another maybe you know next year next year just to make sure that things are starting to kind of get back into it because there's a lot of bands a lot of people that are dropping off and it's yeah so i don't want to like buy the ticket and be like oh nope sorry guys like or crazy stipulations and i don't want to deal with that but um but yeah so spirit box it definitely gets you in a dark it suits a dark sort of spooky mood but also if you really 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 want to feel feelings they'll make you feel feelings yeah like constance almost made me cry the first time i heard it oh yeah it's good but I ain't no. I'm, I'm. I'm not turning in my cold hard bitch card. So <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. All right. So let's say lunchbox went from psychability to death metal to rap. Now <gasps> we're going country. What? No, nah, I'm just joking. We're going black metal. Uh-huh. I'm going with Cradle of Filth. That was one of my all time favorite black metal bands. Um, I listen to, you know, Demi Borgia and, like... Have you heard Cradle of Filth? <laughs> I'm pretty much that guy. <laughs> Here, listen to this one. Listen to Coffin Folder. It, it sounds it's, horrible. It's, it's quite beautiful. It's terrible, but it's quite beautiful. It's coming through some really dark times. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, go watch the IT crowd. Noel Fielding is a fucking oh, genius. So good. But, yes, Cradle of Filth is, has been one of those... Just bands that I was introduced to, strangely enough, before, while I was going to a Chevelle show, um, a bunch of uh, my oh, buddies. All fucking my buddy, No, my buddies had tickets to Chevelle, and they had an extra one. I was young and dumb, and so, and I mean, it's Chevelle. I mean, they're, it's pretty, pretty solid. I mean, this is like when they were like really coming up, so I mean, you know, that's, you know, wonder what's next type of thing, but uh but yeah, it's like they. I was 
we were in the car, and the guy that was driving was a huge Cradle of Filth fan. And this is back when, like, Midian and uh, Damnation of, of a Day. So I remember, I think, one of the first songs I ever heard was Mannequin. And strangely enough, uh, this is, like, t- during the my junior year of high school when uh, uh, Mannequin came out. So I remember getting up at like 4.30 in the morning and flipping on MTV. And during this time frame, I don't know why, I guess it was just like the tail end of whatever the late night music that never really hit the daytime stuff. I remember the video from Anakin would pop up. Uh, they would do like Headbangers Ball like super late at night sometimes. And that video blew me away. And this was like right after I listened to it in the car. And then I got just kind of – it just kept trickling in and just – I tried to listen to it a lot more. And I think that is probably one of the bands that I could really tolerate um, if that's even a word for the way Danny Filth actually sounds with that high-pitched golem scream. Like oh, it's God. <laughs> like – but it was very intriguing and I love just that eerie, creepy – type vibe and it's like all the the orchestra background music and just how big it just it it sounded and having them talk about stuff like elizabeth bathory and uh just uh, there i mean it's just like it's countless like just they just play with the that type of vibe and and the those type of of topics and it works it fits for their you know their criteria and i mean and i like them too now just more because they really play with the like their music videos kind of go with that hammer movie style oh my god yeah and danny filth is unapologetic about his love of hammer horror oh yeah yeah so i mean there is a lot of people that is like love them hate them but it's i I'm all about it. am a small doses yeah. kind of girl I, I think a lot of people uh that aren't into the black metal stuff kind of go towards the album uh, Thornography for their uh, the song Temptation. The... Temptation. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> um, the song that hooked me and got me... Well, first of all, a friend of mine in high school was really into them. Uh, when I... A couple friends of mine, actually. So this is how it begins. Okay. <laughs> the... When I was... My first three years in school... The way that my school schedule was set up, it was the freshmen and juniors had classes together and the sophomores and seniors had classes together because of the going to a trade school, like a vocational high school, The shop, that's how the cycles were set up. So it was two weeks in academics, two weeks in shop, and that was how they were broken up. It was like every other was together. So there was a guy two years ahead of me, Steve. I remember Steve. Steve. His name was Steve. And No, Steve was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Steve was great. Like he was, was cool, Steve. But he was it was him and a couple of the other guys. I remember there was two more, Sean and Mike, and they used to wear heavy metal t-shirts to school and I had no idea what they were because I was still listening to boy bands and Britney and no doubt and like Cause I want you back. And I have uh, no shame about it. None. <laughs> I am not apologizing. But I would see them wearing Like, Mike and Sean would wear, like, Ozzy and Pantera shirts and those sorts of things. Like, Metallica. Like, the obvious ones. But Steve always wore, like, Morbid Angel and Dimu Borgir and... Sounds like my kind of gay. Cradle of Filth. At least two, three times a week, he was wearing some Cradle of Filth t-shirt. 
He was really, really into this ugly, nasty, black death, whatever metal you want to call it. I don't know. It's not my thing. But uh, my friend Shannon had gotten into Cradle of Filth through Steve. And then it was sort of like a proxy thing. Eventually trickled down to me. But I didn't care until I heard Amphetamine. I knew it. On uh, the Resident Evil soundtrack. Yep. For and, Apocalypse. And that's actually a really good point, too, is that... That's a good gateway to, yes. to Cradle of Filth. Yes. Um, any, any type of, like, movie soundtrack that dealt with that... Uh, what was it, like, the Revolver uh, kind of... It was Roadrunner. Yeah, Roadrunner. Road Road yeah. So that was a really good thing. Yeah. And, I mean, that album... First, just a quick sidebar. Uh, that album is the shit. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance, go listen to that. But, um, Wait, which one? The Resident Evil Apocalypse album. Okay, yes. Very good. It's, it's great. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I heard an amphetamine and I was like, all right, I think I can get down with this, but I cannot do more than like two or three Cradle of Filth songs before the shrieking starts to make my ears fucking bleed. And, like, Danny is super talented. I have never heard another vocalist with, A, the range that he has, B, the ability to project like he does, especially for being so small, and C, for having the control of his voice that he yeah. has. I mean, you, and he's been doing it since 94. And if you watch him on stage, again, very small man, fits in your pocket, but he... You, you're watching him. You can see the breath control. You can see how he holds his body and will, like, tighten up his, like, his ab muscles and push from a diet. You can see his body working to get to the notes. So he's very practiced at what he does. I respect it. And I get it. And some of it I really liked. And I like that um, the Bluebeard album that they did, the Gilles de Ray Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, album um, that. that was actually a really it was really really good I also really like that they do the concept album thing like they've done them on that was the uh, the Godspeed on the, and Devil the Devil Thunder, Thunder. yeah yep. that one was um, Bluebeard uh, the entire album about the weird it was Joan of Arc's right hand man and he was probably one of the weirdest people in the history of humanity and Christendom especially yeah um, it goes into in depth with like his proclivities and all of those things but um They've done Erisbeth Bathory. They've done... Um, they do focus a lot on just sort of like the sick and depraved rulers of... Yeah, I mean, they got Hammer and the Witch. I mean, they, that deals more with just that culty witch kind yeah, of vibe. Um, uh, so, but they, they have a tendency to write these sort of highbrow concept albums in a style of music that's really known for being pretty shitty. Yeah, that was something, though, that I... When it comes to black metal... It's mostly awful. Yeah, I... Poor that, production, grainy sound... Yeah, that's the thing is, like... Terrible with, singers. With death metal and black metal, I have a really hard time... And I've had friends that are like, Oh, no, like, it's gotta be the demo stuff. Like, that's the real thing. Like It's gross. And I'm like, no, it sounds like they're fucking in their parents' basement... Kurt is in the corner eating a bag of Cheetos, and his mom is coming down the steps to do laundry while they're recording on a tape cassette. Like, it doesn't sound no. good. And a lot of black I, metal does that. And I'm, I'm all for music yeah. that's a little rough around the edges. Like, I don't care if it's perfect, but you have to be able to listen to it. I don't like it when it's like, when you could tell that it's super auto-tuned. However, with 
I like that there is a production value. Um, like, put some effort in, guys. Yeah. Demune uh, uh, Borgier, like, that's another one that's, like, super epic, and it feels bigger than life. I mean, some of the earlier stuff, you could t- tell that it was very raw. Um, Mayhem. That's one of those bands that I Morbid just... Angel's another one that kind of broke through a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but, like, Mayhem, that was one, one of those bands that it's, like, you almost kind of need it, that dirty and gritty, but it's not one that I always go to. I can only listen to it for a, a little bit, you know, at a time. Cradle is one of those bands, like, I could literally, like, I'll probably be listening to it in the car, like, on the way home. Like, full blast, like, just going to town. I gotta say, like, one of my absolute favorite albums is Midian. Like, that is my go-to, and I think, and I feel like it's a lot of, of people's go-to album. Like, that is, I think, is the higher... The higher album on their list, uh, I mean, you got like songs like Cthulhu Dawn, uh, Saffron's Curse, Lord Abortion, uh, and, but the big iconic one is Her Ghost in the Fog. That uh, was a big one, yeah. That one, and it, if you don't know what the story is for Her Ghost in the Fog, watch Corpse Bride. <laughs> like, that's basically the story, but they did it first before... The, right, right, right. Several before years Tim, before Tim Burton yeah. died. But now uh, they are... I believe in on October 22nd uh, they're coming out with a brand new album Existence is Futile we're not sponsored by them I'm just a fan and they it sounds a lot like the Midian day or like that Damnation in a Day type era of Cradle of Filth so again it's one of those things where they don't really tend to venture too far out of that you know their lane, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you could hear that quality and Danny's voice. Man, he like I said, he's been doing this since '94. And he's been screeching and you know growling and everything else, and he's still killing it. Like he's right, right, it, it's, right. The quality is still still there. So I'm all about it. Go check him out if you don't know and enjoy. Sweet. So I'm sure some of you out there for my last one. Some of you are wondering, gee, Megan seems to be missing one. That's really weird. I feel like... Can, can I guess what it is? I, I don't know what it is. Can I guess? Would you like to? You can guess. Yes, okay. okay. Hold on. Let, me, let me put my thinking cap on. Billy Ray Cyrus. Ooh, close. Don't tell my home. Don't, 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 don't. Scary, but, <laughs> but no. Uh, so, going for... Damn it, I'm so close. Going for the obvious... Um, Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. Uh, uh. My favorite band on the face of the planet is and always will be Finch. They're like my number one. Sad they broke up. Love Finch. Forever and a day. Hands down favorite band. However, my most rotated band of the last year and a half or so is... Uh, our most rotated band of the last year or so. Continue. Yeah. Is Ice Nine Kills. Yes. Um... So, very. I don't know when this episode is going to be dropping. Either very soon, or um, it already just recently has happened. Uh, the Silver Scream Two: Welcome to Horrorwood is about to drop, or has dropped recently. Um, it's October fifteenth. So, whenever you put this out, either before or after, yeah, <laughs> it exists. Um, and I am. I'm counting down the days because oh it's better than Christmas, but. The last couple of albums have been very literal. 
um, with both Silver Scream albums and then Every Trick in the Book where they're literally based on something. Um, whether it's a horror movie or um, a dark sort of horror book like The Exorcist or Dracula or something. Um, but even prior to that, when um, before uh, some of the other members, I think Joshua, was it Joshua Schwartz left the band. Um, it was Spencer's writing partner, Jeremy Schwartz. Um, when he was still in the band, they were still dealing with some darker, more horror-based subject matter, even going all the way back to Last Chance to Make Amends. It's like, I love you, I'm going to murder you. Things like that. And that's more of their, like, emo scene album. Uh, Murders and Acquisitions is awesome. It's probably one of my favorites on that Last Chance to Make Amends album. But um, when they really started getting into it, and if you want a more of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Dick-sucking session. Listen to our Ice Nine Kills episode that we did a couple of months ago um, wow. when they that... dropped him to be scared. Yikes. <laughs> Am I a part of that? You were a part of that. Oh, boy. You, you sucked it pretty hard, man. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. <laughs> yeah, but where's the lie? You ain't wrong. <laughs> you ain't wrong. Uh, but Save is Just a Shadow, even going back to 2010... 2009 or 2010 they still had um there was the greatest story ever told which was about um it was about a girl getting murdered and the revenge of you know taking revenge and then um chris brown's latest hit which was pertinent and very timely at yeah. the time that that album came out um ripped directly from the crow buildings burn people die that um the that famous line from the movie um the coffin is moving talking about that sort of dread that millennial dread of the prior generation has ruined us and we're essentially we're the walking dead and we have nothing to live for and what do we do and it was that sort of that it was very nihilistic um the predator becomes a prey uh the fastest way to a girl's hearts through her ribcage um jonathan which is about a suicide like so there's a ton of real they play with horror imagery and they play with dark subject matter and they have been for a long time um mostly in the metalcore vein they've done some um some of their covers have been super fantastic um if you've ever seen some of the videos they did a i think it was a trio of pop goes covers all featuring in the video spencer's dog like there's um they did maroon five's animals where spencer's trying to win over the girl and he kidnaps her dog and is trying to help her find the dog but it's been in his basement the whole time (laughs) the best thing about that is i love looking at the title card for on youtube because it says ice nine kills animals you bastards yeah (laughs) um then they did uh, a a cover of adele's um someone like you and it's when spencer and the girl break up and she takes the dog and uh he's in the video he's trying to win his dog back and it's just it's so funny and then i don't want to live forever which was one of the 50 shades songs that taylor swift had done they did a copy of that one and that was the final one in that trio where uh the dog had become like super famous and Spencer's trying to win the dog back by like trying to break into parties and like kidnap the, it's ridiculous. These guys have a a twisted sense of humor. Um, so yeah, uh, 
Probably. Plus, they're Massachusetts boys. Yeah. They're from Salem. Yeah. So I love them strictly for that. I, my uh, my go-to favorite songs off of uh, the Silver Scream album has to be starting with It Is The End, for sure, because dealing with it. And then also, uh, Merry Xmas is probably one of my top go-to songs on their album, just because... It's all over the place, man. Like, it, listening to their songs makes me like the original movie better. And I don't know why, but it's just like, it does something. And Merry Xmas going from a Silent Night, Deadly Night... It, like, enhanced the movie. Like, I'm a big... Like, I am a huge fan of the movie now. And it's... A lot of... is due to that song because of that just dirty, grindcore, death melon, stink face... The breakdown. Oh, so good. Um, but then Rocking the Boat is the go-to with the Jaws, Jaws reference. Because... Jaws. Jaws. And also, when you mentioned to me about how... There's lines in the song that are tied to other stuff. It's like it's like oh my god, that just got even deeper. Yeah, these guys so are good. they're pretty fucking clever. Um, I'm really sad that Justin DeBleek left the band a couple of years ago. Um, he was their guitar player and screamer. Um, the lineup is, is pretty solid now, but um, I kind of miss having because he and Spencer played off really well. Um, highly recommended though. Before I kick it back to you, is yeah. if you've never heard their parody of Stacy's mom. Oh my god! So. It's they did it during quarantine last year. Um, it was for Mother's Day, twenty twenty. It's called Jason's Mom. Like you do, like you do, and it's all about being the bestest mama's boy and loving your mom for all the murdering that she does for you, and uh, just appreciating all the effort she puts into stabbing those sex sex crazed teenagers. Bunch of bastards. All in your name. Because mommy loves you so, so, so much. Hey. Jason's mom does indeed have it going on. Much recommend. It Every time I hear it, it makes me giggle. Oh, yeah. And it puts me in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, Ice Nine Kills is really, really fantastic. And they, uh, them and Spirit Box are the reasons why I'm probably going to go to Rockville this year. Because yeah. uh, I have to see them both. Yeah, I really need to see... Little part of me is like I wouldn't mind seeing them at like a festival type of venue, but I'd almost want to see them more in an indoor uh, type area, like you know, like a Hard Rock Live or uh, House of Blues, something like that. A little bit more intimate, um, and that way that you could get the the light show, and, you know, that type of thing. Because I've seen some live sets where it's like in the middle of the day, and it just doesn't really hold that same kind of effect. They have a great stage show. Well, they're but, yeah. they're. Um... I heard they kill live. First of all, it was they did it in my hometown. It was at the Worcester Palladium. I've seen a lot of like rock and heavy metal shows there. It's a fucking dump. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's been fixed up. It's been years since I've been there, but it is a trash venue. But it is one of the best venues to go see bands at. And any of my friends who were in the scene, the quote unquote scene at the time, or still are, know what I'm talking about. Um, you have to live there or have been there to understand. But they did uh, they did a um, a live show recorded around Thanksgiving 2019. They dropped it at some point last year. I can't remember when. I think it was over the summer last year. And uh, they 
it was, they crammed like 19 songs into this set. It was less than an hour. They just kept going and going and going and going. They don't waste time. There's no wasted energy, no wasted movement. You go for a show, you go to hear the music, and they're going to give it to you. Yeah. So if they can do that, what are they going to do in a 35-minute festival set? Yeah. I the, the couple of the spots that I've seen of the, like, most recently, I love that they all... Most of the time, like, uh, when The Silver Scream came out, they all dressed up as, like, a different horror movie character or, you know, what have you. But now in this one, they all dress up in suits and ties because of the uh, the latest song released in their, you know, for American Psycho. And so they're, they're doing the whole set there. And the, the song that I saw was, uh, it, it is the end. And Spencer puts on the clown mask and he's still got the suit on. And it's just like, doesn't really like work, but I could see, I understand like, okay, well he's got to you know, bounce back and forth. I know with, uh, stabbing in the dark, he would put on, uh, this weird, almost like a Phantom of the Opera Michael Myers mask where you can see like half of his face and that way he could sing. Um, same thing with the, um, like Jason or the, you know, any of the Freddy songs. Um, he always did something where it tied it into whatever song it was. Uh, it is the end. He had a guy dressed up as Georgie come out and do his thing they, and, it yeah. was one of the guys in the band oh, okay uh, it was one of the guys in the band How, they also have this hair across their ass about disney world because they were chucked out of the house of blues yeah um in downtown orlando at, uh i can't remember how long a, it was. a lot of bands were i think I, it was probably i think it was like four or five years ago it happened yeah but they had in so they moved to one of the other venues in orlando outside of the disney property because the mouse, what the mouse says goes. They, in response, released an entire series of merchandise fucking with some of the the Mickey Mouse characters. It was Mickey, Donald, Goofy, those, where they're like like, horrored up in one way or another. Um, But also, as part of their stage show for a little while, they had someone come out in the ink version of Mickey Mouse and murdered him on stage. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, ink all day long. And it's a, it's a pretty good staple in the, in our, in the creeping household. So, all right. So, you ready for my last one? Yeah. So, what, let's, uh, you know, is that, if, are you guys all checking off the, the Anyone genres? Keep, keeping score? Yeah. So, we got Psychobilly, mm-hmm. Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Rap, mm-hmm. black me- melodic black metal, black metal. We're going straight punk. It's the Misfits. I should have seen that coming. You can't. For for me personally, the Misfits are the staple when it comes to the horror Halloween just music. Like it's like that's what they're based off of is horror punk. Um, for me, this. This band and the Ramones, uh, and, and some of the, the Sex Pistols, growing up, like they were the, the punk bands that I really listened to. Um, and then I, it started off with Green Day, and I listened to Dookie a lot. And then I lived growing up in a skating rink, 
I came across uh, it was a lot of uh, Misfits and the Ramones, but I gravitated a lot towards Misfits because of the skull. That logo is probably one of the greatest band logos in history. Next to like Metallica, it's the most iconic and most like you you could just see it from afar and be like, oh, fucking Misfits. Like even if you don't listen to the band, you know what that is. It's that iconic. Um, so I mean, that's the thing is this band was so good, and I know there's a lot of punk fans and you or, or even Misfits fans that are like. Oh, the Glenn Danzig days were better. It's like, no, I don't, no. All of it is good. Even the Jerry Only stuff. It has its, yeah. It has its charms. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good, but there's something charming about each of those eras. For me, it's good. Like, that's the stuff that I uh, go into my hockey games. I would just crank that shit up and, you know, listen to Skulls or Last Caress. That stuff was was always a staple, and like I said, even when Jerry only took over the band and they did like the Misfits 1950s stuff, and then that kind of tone stayed with the band, and it felt uh, like it just didn't feel like the old old school Misfits. Even that stuff, I can I, I like, and I like that Jerry only tried to continue it on. Like he didn't want to just stop it because everyone else is up, you know gone. That was something there. I love the Glenn Danzig stuff. I even love Danzig's solo stuff. Like, that stuff's great. Um, Doyle, Wolfgang, Von Frankenstein. The most ripped vegan I've ever seen in my life. Is he vegan? I've never heard him talk about it. (laughs) It's so good. He makes me want to be vegan. Not even once. He's never, ever (laughs) mentioned he's a vegan. Ever once. I'm shocked that you know that about him. (laughs) But no, but Doyle is incredible. And he just, as Jamie Josta of Hatebreed says, you just got to fucking let a caveman live. And that dude cavemans all over that guitar. He's just slamming. And he even says, like, when I like to start, like, I don't know music. Like, I just know how to just slam on my guitar. Really? (laughs) I couldn't tell. But it fucking rips and it is awesome and then when you got guys uh from when jerry only was doing the uh 1950s stuff he even got marky ramon to play drums for the misfits so i was like now you got a ramones playing in another iconic band so it it worked it was really cool uh, and now with the misfits like um uh, like it was like about a year or two ago, they did their reunion shows, and I was blown away that yeah, they got. Did they get Danzig and Michael Graves back for that? No, no, no. They didn't get Michael Graves. Oh, it just Danzig. Just Danz. It was Danzig, Doyle, and Jerry. Uh, they also got Dave Lombardo to do drums for them at some shows. So Slayer. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, got good. Moving on. So that was something where. I love that they had that that skill set and having Danzig come back in the band with Doyle. It's like it felt good and it felt like okay, sh- now we're back to that old school Misfits and it they still ripped. And it was still good. I was kind of upset that they didn't come down. They, they didn't do like a big tour, but 
I probably wouldn't have been able to go to the show anyways because the tickets were fucking outrageous. Uh, yeah, because they got the original singer of the band back. What did you think was going to yeah. happen? Yeah, so that was cool. I personally, like growing up with uh, listening to the Misfits, I tend to go towards the album for American Psycho uh, more than most. Uh, and Graves being the lead singer at the time, it gave a different kind of feel, and it was more metal than it was that that kind of old school punk. And I think that's why I, I leaned on that one a little bit more. Uh, songs like uh, Crimson Ghost is probably one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, the, the Abominable Dr. Fives, like there's a there's so many of them that are. Is on it the, Fives or Phoebes? I want to say fives. I think it's fives. I think it's fives because you get the bossy e at the end. But I'm, I'm also gonna have like, to. I'm gonna have to watch the movie. I've only, I think I've only ever seen it written down. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard it said out loud. Yeah, I mean, and then you got like Walk Among Us, uh, and then the the title or not the title, but like the main track that came off, like big single, is Dig Up Her Bones. That one, it's like anytime like that song comes on, I immediately get into spooky mode. Like that's. That's where it's at. So Sweet. I love Graves, and I love you know all the stuff from you know Static Age, and it's just the Misfits are just right where it is for me getting into Halloween season. So I'm um, I'm all about them. Like, Knock it. Yep, yep, yep. So all right. Well, I think that's it for our bonus episode. I like it for the spooky spookies. Yeah. Um, I know this is dropping sometime in October, so I hope everyone's in the mood for Halloween, much like we are, despite the fact that. Pretty much every store we've been into is trash Halloween decorations. Yeah, not really happy with the decorations. So you got to get creative. I think so. And it's like Halloween hasn't existed the last two years, and that's really fucking stupid. Um, so anyway. But we try to keep everything, uh, keep living and going, hence why we started a podcast. To, to do know, that stuff. Yeah. And we hope that you guys... Um, Got some weird-ass music recommendations out of this. Mine were a little more off the wall than yours this time. Typically, <laughs> you're the one coming in hot, and I'm like, everyone's heard of these guys. Uh, yeah. Literally, one of the bands on my list <laughs> probably has been heard of the most. Yeah, I mean, whatever. we could do a part two of this, and I could I could dive a little deeper. This yeah, is this fine. is my mainstream of, of likes, but I could go in. I got some deep cuts, so okay. I, I'm good, like... Like I said, I got a whole mess in my catalog. It just goes on and on and on. I just I'm downloading all types of crap all the time. So because you're mildly insane. Yeah. So anywho, wrapping this shindig up. uh, We hope everyone out there is going to have a safe and super happy Halloween. Um, I know this is dropping in October. Like I said, I just don't not hard sure when. But anyway, uh, join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real. R-E-E-L is a movie reel. Hit that subscribe button and we'll drop uh, typically every Tuesday in your favorite podcatcher. Um, the bonus episodes just happen a lot more sporadically, but you get our regular movie-based episodes every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Like, share, comment, five-star reviews on iTunes especially are greatly appreciated because algorithms are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us with your shitty movie suggestions at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. We really, really need some of those. Um, we, we have a couple of 
spots in the schedule left for November. So if we can get some good ones, we're going to pop them in there and you'll get credit for it. Yeah. So you'll be shouted out here on an episode. And also, we're all friends here. So it's it's mainly just to let us know what you got going on as far as hating a certain movie. But be nice. Yeah, yeah. There's no no negativity. Don't like, be an asshole. Yeah. Um, and then do the merch thing. Um, because not only is Halloween coming up and our merch is perfectly Halloween appropriate, it's also, uh, just a reminder, the holidays are a couple of months away. So if you want to jump on that before shipping issues happen, go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com or hit the link in the Instagram bio to get all of our sweet one-of-a-kind merch done by Mr. Lunchbox here. Mm -hmm. Redbubble offers it on everything from t-shirts to socks to stationery and home goods. Um, so rock that creeping shower curtain, guys. Until next week, I've been Meg. I have been Lunchbox. And Jason's mom has got it going on with a body count. Deep breath.